Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi, everyone. This is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. And today I'm excited to have Eric Sats, who's the CEO of Alto IRA. Uh, Eric and his team are making alternative asset investment opportunities available to individuals using long-term retirement savings for long-term investments. A serial entrepreneur and former investment banker, Eric worked for Eric, for Credit Suisse First Boston before co-founding Curenix, which was acquired by State Street for $564 million, Plum Good Food, and Tennessee Community Ventures. Eric served on the board of Tennessee Valley Authority from 2015 and 18, and he teaches an entrepreneurship class to high school students. Eric holds a BA from Amherst College and calls Nashville his home. A big thanks to Jake Gibson from Better Tomorrow Ventures for the introduction. Welcome to the show, Eric. Robert, thanks for having me, buddy. Really, really happy to be here. Awesome. So, you know, uh, what what got you really interested into into startups? You, you worked for Credit Suisse, and what got you interested to leave and you know start your journey into startups? You know, it's kind of a disease, right? You 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 see a problem and you can't help but try to cure it. And uh, about eight years ago, so sometime in 2013, uh, I was getting ready to make. So I'm also a recovering uh, venture capitalist, and so about about eight years ago, I was. Uh, getting ready to make a, a, a personal investment in a portfolio company that I was involved with. And around that time, one of my retirement statements uh, showed up in the mail and I took a look at it and, and I had that proverbial light bulb moment, right? Where I said, holy smokes, this is the, this is the money I should be using to make this long-term investment. Uh, it's long-term cash, meaning I can't take it out of my retirement account without uh, some sort of penalty. And this is a long-term asset that I'm looking at uh, investing in from a duration matching standpoint. And then from a tax advantage standpoint, retirement money is the money I should be using. Uh, and, and so um, that was the start of what would eventually become Alto about three or four years later. And, you know, uh, you also talked about that you uh, had a stint uh, as, as, a, as a partner of Tennessee Community Ventures Fund. Uh, you know, what was, what was your uh, experience when you worked as a venture capital uh, in, in the state of Tennessee? You know, so, so TNCV, as, as we called it, um, was really dedicated to invest, investing in and helping to grow the entrepreneurial ecosystem within the state of Tennessee. So uh, the state of Tennessee was my sole limited partner and our mandate was to invest in Tennessee-based businesses. And back in 2010, when I started doing that, um, that was a little bit like investing uh, blindfolded with your hands tied behind your back uh, and, and about to be thrown into uh, some sort of big pool of water, maybe. But, um, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, 11 years later, and Nashville in particular, and, and I dare say the state of Tennessee, um, that, that entrepreneurial ecosystem has really evolved. And uh, as, as I mentioned, Nashville in particular is now the home to 
among other things, a significant Amazon presence, about to be uh, Oracle, um, Alliance Bernstein is here, uh, Bridgestone is here, Nissan is here, just a, a, a very significant and growing, uh, let's say, established presence now in Nashville. And then I think as a result of uh, the pandemic, you know, which has driven people out of some of the major cities in the U.S., away from San Francisco, away from Los Angeles, away from Chicago, away from Boston, away from New York. And they're going to, among other places, Nashville. And so we're getting a lot of talent here. Um, and I feel really fortunate to uh, have moved here from San Francisco, by the way, 19 years ago, and to have been able to witness and, and participate in the change that's been taking place here. So it's really, you know, it's a really exciting time to be a Nashvilleian and uh, to be in a tech business and to be growing a tech business here uh, in a way that could not have happened 10 years ago. So it's really exciting. Right. Interesting. You were talking about Nashville. You know, you you started uh, your company out here uh, before the before the pandemic. Do you think uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of uh, big uh, you know unicorns which would come out of even smaller cities? You know, you don't you don't have to confine yourself to bigger cities like San Francisco and New York. Yeah, I I, I think absolutely. You know, um, remote work has sort of changed the recruiting process for everyone. And I can tell you that, you know, for Alto, pre-pandemic, we were 16 people kind of going, you know, March of 2020, we were 16 people. Uh, as of Monday, this coming Monday, I think we'll be 62 people. And by the end of the year, we'll probably be 130 people. At least that's the plan. And you know, yes, many of those people uh, live and will work in in Nashville. Uh, many won't, right? And and so the ability to uh, attract and work with talent wherever that talent may be is just part of the new normal. And um, and by the way, I, I think uh, every geography has the opportunity to benefit as a result. Right, interesting. And, you know, before we talk about uh, Alta Aero, uh, you also very interestingly, you know, co-founded Curinix. Uh, what was the company uh, all about and, you know, uh, how did the exit happen to State Street? Yeah, so so Curinix was the first online foreign currency exchange business, which uh, essentially leveled the playing field um, from the, the big Fortune 500 corporates that were looking to trade and or hedge their uh, treasury positions in given uh, fiats and, and the, the large financial institutions on the other side of those trades. And so before Curnex was created, all of the information lived with the financial institutions. In order for a a controller or a treasury manager at a Fortune 500 company to get apples to apples sort of bid comparisons. You had to have two or three or four or even an octopus set of arms to be able to talk to multiple institutions simultaneously because 
Forex moves so quickly that if you're not getting the bids at the exact same moment, they're outdated, right? right. It, it just moves that quickly. And so with the platform uh, that we created, it enabled people to, to push the bids out uh, or the request for bids out simultaneously and get those back simultaneously and then allow you to make an educated uh, and level playing field type decision as to who you wanted to trade with. And so that's, that's what CurrentX was. Uh, we started that business in 1999. Uh, it was sold to State Street in 2007. Got it. And uh, within those eight years, how, how much money had you raised uh, of, uh, for the company? For CurrentX? Yeah. Uh, I think it was roughly 23 million. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, so it was more like a 20, 20 X uh, exit for, for the company when you, when you exited. Yeah. It, it, it was about 25. 25. Nice. Got it. And yeah. uh, then you also went on to do uh, plum gourd food. Uh, was it a, a D2C brand that you were trying to work on? No. So, so Plum Good Food was an online organic home grocery delivery business that my wife and I created in Nashville, Tennessee, when we moved here from San Francisco. And, you know, that was one of the, one of the failures in the portfolio that you learn the most from. And yeah. so that, that business was created in 2004. It was on a $5 million run rate by the end of 2008 when the global economy fell out of bed with all of the financial implosion that we experience, uh, certainly here in the U.S., and which I think reverberated elsewhere around the world. Got it. And, uh, you know, as I understand that you uh, you were a VC and then you moved out and uh, created uh, Alto Aero. So, so what, are, what are the concept about and how, do, how does it work uh, uh, just for the listeners to understand? Yeah. So, as you um, mentioned in the introduction, Alto makes it easy and affordable for individual investors to access their retirement savings to invest in alternative assets. We define alternative assets as non-registered, non-publicly traded securities. So that can include private equity, venture capital, real estate, private credit products. It can include securitized collectibles like artwork or automobiles or watches or Michael Jordan sneakers. And of course, it can also include uh, cryptocurrencies. And so, you know, in a nutshell, we just make it easy to access your retirement savings. We make it easy to access those investment opportunities, and we make it cost-effective to actually transact. Got it. And, uh, you know, what are the different types of, you know, retirement accounts? I understand. I think they're IRAs and 401ks. Can can people act, actually uh, take out the money or do, do they really need to wait till the time of the retirement to take out the money uh, just for the international listeners to understand? So in the U.S., as opposed to um, most other countries, by the way, in the U.S., you can actually take a distribution from your retirement account before you retire. But if you do that, you, you pay tax immediately and you pay a penalty. So okay. uh, in, in, in smarter countries, you're not allowed to take your retirement out uh, ahead of time. The, uh, within the IRA system, there's, uh, among other things, there's a traditional IRA account, 
in which you contribute pre-tax dollars. There's a, a Roth IRA account in which you contribute post-tax dollars. And so that when you ultimately uh, hit retirement and take money out of a Roth IRA, there's no tax owed uh, on that. There's something called a SEP IRA, um, which allows for greater annual contributions. And you can have a SEP traditional and you can have a SEP Roth. Um, and, and all of those are for, uh, uh, you know, either small business sponsored or individual sponsored retirement savings. You know, on the 401k side in the US, that's all employer sponsored, right? And, and your uh, investment opportunities and possibilities are limited to the plan that the employer has chosen for you. Got it. And uh, for uh, for an uh, auto IRA, do you do you sync up with 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 a person's IRA accounts and uh, allow them to invest? Uh, how 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 much time does it take for them to invest invest directly uh, into uh, you know altered investments? Uh, well, once their account is open, it can take you know three minutes. Um, so we literally, if you're investing with one of our platform partners, uh, for those who have heard of AngelList or Republic or WeFunder or Masterworks or EquityZen uh, or, or many others, whether you uh, want to invest in uh, one of the Bitcoin funds that, that we work with um, or other crypto funds, we also have uh, our crypto IRA product, which is fully integrated with Coinbase. Um, it, it, it takes almost no time. Uh, if you're investing in a deal which is really unique to your network uh, and is only available to you and maybe some others, then the process is a little bit more involved, but it's all online and can really be done in less than 20 minutes between you and the entity that's raising the money as opposed to when I made my first investment, it took eight weeks. It was all paper-based. Uh, it was unbelievably infuriating. Uh, I had to do all the work. And at the end of the day, I wrote a big check to the, to the custodian for the privilege of, of making my investment, which made zero sense to me. And that's exactly what we wanted to disrupt. To have an interesting stat for you to denote that the founder of Beautiful Lives Increase the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. Right, so for an individual investor, he has the choice to... Uh, to choose where he he can invest, uh, or or does Alto IRA make that decision on how much uh, money goes into Alto? Yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic question. So um, we operate in uh, a segment of the IRA world that is referred to as self directed IRA investing. We refer to it uh, alternatively, uh, pun fully intended, as an alternative. IRA investment. And, and that's because we give you the freedom and power to choose what it is you want to invest in. 
including what is you know commonly referred to as these alternative assets, as we spoke about before, private companies, uh, private credit opportunities, artwork, real assets, whatever it may be, right. uh, and and that's unique to our industry. So, in other words, I, I imagine no matter where you live in the world, uh, most people have heard of Fidelity or Schwab. Yeah. Um, and, and you just can't do this type of investing with them. Okay. Got it. Got it. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I looked into all, uh, alternate investments and, uh, people have their own criteria on, you know, how much, uh, of the asset allocation should be into alternate investments. People talk about a five to 10 person. If you look at Yale endowment, uh, they have a, a model of portfolio ma- uh, management where I just realized they put half of their portfolio into alternatives, but but it could be, uh, assume that you know they're professional investors where who are putting anywhere from twenty five to fifty percent. Now, how much would you recommend that you know people should put into alternative investments, considering that they they are risky, you know, especially when it comes to startups and crowdfunding and uh, and, and private companies. Yeah. So um, the majority of my assets are an alternative. So I don't think I'm a good recommender for for most people. Um, But I do believe in what is known as portfolio diversification. Uh, And and what is shown and what has been proven is that uh, portfolio diversification both reduces volatility of a portfolio and also increases returns on average over time. And so whereas historically, the pundits, the conventional wisdom has been, oh, you need a 60-40 public stocks to bonds portfolio. Yeah. Thankfully, that, that, that is no longer the conventional wisdom of the day. I'd go so far as to say that uh, that is way old news. Um, and instead, if you're going to achieve portfolio diversification, then you need to be invested in assets across asset verticals that do not include public stocks and bonds. So I want to roll that back a second. I'm not saying don't hold public stocks and bonds. I think it has a role and has a place, but maybe it's 20%, maybe it's 30%. With your other 70 to 80%, you should have exposure to private equity, to venture capital, to real estate, to crypto, to private credit product, right? And so I, I, I think ideally a portfolio has give or take 20% exposure to, you know, five or more asset classes. Uh, interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, what, I, what I've understood is like startups and private companies can be illiquid, uh, be difficult to, you know, take out the money. Uh, uh, what would you suggest uh, to, to listeners who are looking to invest into, uh, into alternative investments? Uh, uh, if they want a bit of liquidity as well, uh, you know, it becomes difficult to take out money from startups if they're not, uh, you know, the raised money or, or also from private companies. Uh, what, uh, which, which asset class do you think would be great if they want liquidity, but also want returns? So it, it um, well, there are two answers to, to that question um, because there's non- uh, IRA investing or non-retirement investing, and then there's the retirement investing. On on the non-IRA side, uh, if you want cash that you can use and access, and you're looking for um, 
good alternative investments. I, I, I think private credit and real estate uh, are, are two great um, asset verticals for you to be diligencing and, and doing your research on. Um, one, uh, one, because those are uh, tend to be income producing uh, verticals and two, because uh, you, you can sell those assets, right? Um, if, if you're talking about the retirement side uh, and you're not near retirement, um, then liquidity is of less importance and maybe um, just income production is more interesting because you get to reuse those, uh, those funds for reinvestment without any tax consequences. And, and what, you know, I mean, Einstein was, fa- was famous for um, a couple of different things, but one, one of the things that he referred to as the eighth wonder of the world is uh, compounding oh, returns, right? Right, And, and so um, an IRA account allows you to f- take full advantage of the opportunity for compounding returns. Got it. And, um, you know, I wanted to understand how, how does uh, Alto IRA make money? Uh, is, it, is it based on fees? Uh, yeah. So currently we, we make money in two ways. One, every time uh, we execute a transaction um, and, and that transaction fee varies from uh, actually there are three different forms of transactions and that's either $10, $50 or $75. And it depends on whether or not you're using a fully integrated partner, a hybrid partner, or whether you're doing a one-off deal. And, and that's $10, $50, $75, respect, uh, respectively. And, and then there's an annual um, account administration fee where we take uh, responsibility for all the necessary IRS reporting. And again, depending upon what level of technology services you're using from our platform, your annual account fee is either going to be $100 or $250. And, and that's it. Now, on the, on the crypto IRA side, um, we charge a transaction fee that is 1.5% of the transaction and, and a custody fee that is the lesser of one percent of the account size, or twenty-five dollars per month, and 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 actually, I I, I should that so it's, it's the lesser of one percent of the account size, or three hundred dollars per year. So so uh, it's point oh eight three 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 percent per month, or twenty-five dollars per month, whichever is smaller. Okay. Current, current. And, uh, you know, you talked about investing into cryptocurrencies and crypto funds also from, from uh, IRA account. Uh, so uh, 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 does it allow most of the cryptos? Uh, can, can somebody buy most of the cryptos from uh, from Alter IRA or is it, uh, is it you know, sync with Binance for, for, for them to invest into uh, cryptocurrencies? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, Right now, we're a fully integrated partner with Coinbase. And so almost every cryptocurrency that's available on Coinbase is also available via your Alto Crypto IRA. And so 
whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum or OneInch or Aave or uh, Uniswap, whatever it may be, right. um, you, you, you can pretty much get it at, at Alto through your crypto IRA. Got it. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about uh, Alto IRA and uh, uh, sounds, sounds like a great concept. Why, why do you think, you know, no one had ever built uh, Alto IRA and, you know, what are some of the challenges you had? Uh, because I think it's, it gets a little complex to, you know, uh, uh, to connect with your IRA accounts. And all. Yeah, no, that, 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 you know, it's funny that you asked that question because, um, you know, I think just nobody really got as fucking pissed off as I did trying to do this uh, on my own with the legacy players. And and then I saw that we had $30 trillion sitting in retirement savings accounts. And, and so little of it was invested in alternative assets because the industry made it so hard and so expensive. And so I just sort of thought, you know what, if we build a scalable technology platform that can unlock 10 to 20% of that $30 trillion. Uh, and, and we can do it in a way that is cost effective, kind of like TurboTax uh, uh, changed self-filing for the world and for everybody, right? Uh, so, so if we could do that for alternative investing, then not only could we build a really big business, but we could change the fate of retirement in, in America. Right, very interesting. And um, you know, I understand that uh, you are, are building the company out of Nashville, and uh, you know, uh, you already have sixty plus employees. But uh, when it comes to uh, you know talent talent acquisition, what are some of the biggest lessons you have when you're trying to acquire uh, A plus talent, uh, especially when you know you're working out of uh, Nashville? Well. I sort of worry less about A plus talents and more about A plus people. And, um, you know, I, I think our mission and our culture is, uh, you know, I'm obviously biased, but I think it's a special one. And I, and I, and I think quality people are, are attracted to that. And so if someone wants to solve a big, hairy problem, and they want to change the world in doing so, then we ought to be attracted to them no matter where they live uh, and no matter where we're, quote unquote, headquartered. Uh, I, I think headquarters are, are a bit of a thing of the past anyway. Okay. And so, um, you know, in, in terms of startups, I'll put our team up against any team anywhere. And, and I'll do that both from a talent perspective, but also from a just awesome human being perspective. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to in startups, uh, uh, there, there are times when, you know, there are individuals who uh, can scale from zero to one or zero to 10, but might fail to, to go ahead. Uh, but do you think individuals can scale across company stages or do you need to hire somebody with different operational experience to uh, scale? Yeah. You know, um, that's a fantastic question, by the way. And, and not enough people ask it. It's, it. There's no question it's challenging. The first five people in the company may not be right when you go from 50 to 55. Uh, I think we've been incredibly fortunate 
in our uh, early hires that they have been able to grow and uh, evolve and expand their skill sets with the company. Um, the thing that has changed the most as we have done this next stage of uh, talent acquisition is the level of specificity that we're looking for with respect to skills and potential hires, right? So the first five people, the first 10 people arguably um, had this incredible energy and desire and enthusiasm for solving any problem that needed to be solved and wearing any hat that needed to be worn. Um, and, and as you grow an organization, you have to start taking problems away from people and taking hats away from people and saying, hey, I, I really need you to wear this hat, not that hat. Uh, and I really need you to solve this problem, not that problem. And um, so as we now are getting into uh, the dozens of employees rather than, you know, just a dozen employee, we're looking for people that can do really specific things and, and have, I should say, come with a certain set of expertise as opposed to developing it ourselves. Interesting. And, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, prioritizing where you want to make decisions uh, versus, you know, when when are you willing to delegate uh, those decisions? When do you think that the you know, founder should start delegating decisions? Uh, is it after a certain amount of funding which has come in and this, you know, the scale of uh, team has happened? I think it depends on... Uh, what the founder's particular superpower is. Um, generally speaking, uh, at least I say this uh, uh, of myself, you know, you'll have to ask other people. Uh, I don't have a problem with delegation. And, and, and in fact, um, I, I try to hire folks who are smarter, better, faster uh, than I am in, in given areas and have very different perspective than me because that's the only way we're going to get better and grow faster. Um, you know, there, there are certain things that I certainly keep my thumb on. Uh, and that's because, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I'll think that's my superpower or that's where I add the most value to the, to the company. But um, you know, I, I'm not going to tell our head of engineering what the right architecture is, uh, you know, in order to accomplish the next top three priorities for us. That that's that's for the head of engineering to decide and tell me why. But I'm not going to, you know. And and by the way, in this case, when he tells me why, I may ask some questions, but I'm not going to tell him I need a second opinion like that. He's the head of engineering. Like right. that's his right. job, right? Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan. 
which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Right. And, uh, you know, also you also uh, teach uh, about entrepreneurship to a class of, uh, you know, high school students about entrepreneurship. Uh, and, uh, you know, it can be said that we are living in the golden age uh, uh, where, you know, internet, with internet, a lot of people should get into entrepreneurship. But, uh, you know, since you've been teaching students about entrepreneurship, what has been your learning uh, about younger children? When should they uh, get step into and learn more about entrepreneurship. So um, first, I want to say, by the way, I haven't been able to teach in some time because of the because of the pandemic, and I and I right. miss it um, tremendously. But after three, you know, I've been doing it for for three years, and I I would say that um, the biggest takeaway for me is just how creative and inspiring uh, younger generations are. Right. And, and if ever you wanted to feel good about the future, I would tell someone to go teach an entrepreneurship class and just witness the idea creation that takes place as a result. And, um, they're not bound by past experience. Right. Right. And, and I think that's a huge advantage. And it, I, the, the other thing is that it inspires problem solving, not problem identification, but problem solving. You know, there, there, there are a lot of people who can say what's wrong with something. Right. There's a smaller subset of people who say, I can fix it. And, you know, whether all of these kids become entrepreneurs, who knows? But it, it I think, instills a level of um, creative thinking and problem solving that is maybe otherwise absent in a more traditional educational setting. Okay. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think it's uh, always good to uh, listen to people who are much younger to you, uh, listen to their perspective and, uh, you know, get to understand uh, their consumption spend and, you know, how they look at life. And, uh, you know, on the same note, you also run a podcast, uh, it's called Altogether Show. What was, what was the, you know, inspiration behind that and uh, what what is your aim behind uh, Altogether Show? Yeah, so um, we're going to rebrand the Altogether Show, by the way. So I haven't released a couple of, uh, I haven't released about eight or nine podcasts that that we've actually recorded because we're rebranding it to be the You Do You Show, um, which is one of Alto's core values. And the reason behind it is because I love talking to people like you, right? Basically, you know, and and I want to hear their story. And I want to understand what drives them. And I want to uh, really understand um, how each of us plays a role in our global community, right? And, and how we contribute and how we all benefit and what our experience is and just sharing that. Right. 
so that hopefully others can can benefit and not necessarily have to make the same mistakes and also sort of identify the same opportunities. Very interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, I was going through the article show and I uh, realized that uh, you had an experience of surviving an avalanche. Uh, how, did, how did that happen? And, uh, you know, what, what <laughs> how, how did it? Wait, is that written? Is that written on there that I survived an avalanche? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. Ah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I was I was skiing in British Columbia with friends. And uh, what can I say? The, the avalanche broke right underneath my skis. And I, I, I just want to say by the in, in turn, in terms of categorizations of avalanches, I, I'm going to say that this was on the smaller scale. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I was, I was buried. I'm not going to say it wasn't scary as shit, uh, <laughs> but it was on the smaller scale of, of avalanches. And we were, um, we were on a, a, a part of the mountain where because of the surrounding trees, uh, the, the area that was covered was, I'm going to say relatively um, confined, right? And right. so when the when it, when the snow broke um, right underneath my skis, um, people could see where I was and where I was going. And and by the way, I was the only one skiing at the time uh, because we were following safety measures, right? And right. so it's one person. It's one person at a time. And, uh, so, so they could, they could see me and they could see where I went under, uh, and, and, you know, people got to me relatively quickly. Uh, you know, so, um, I will tell you that for the rest of the day, it sort of looked to me like the whole mountain was moving every time, every, every, every time I, uh, every time I made a turn, but, um, yeah, you know, it's one of those one of those experiences that you don't quite wish on anybody. Uh, it's a learning experience. Happy, yeah, happy that we happy that we're here to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in in those moments you you realize you know how. Uh, you know, life you know, uh, can be, uh, uh, you know, you can have such sort of experiences can happen to anyone. And um, uh, Eric, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Wow. So I am, uh, I'm not actually a big believer in, in business books. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm trying to think of if I even have a favorite business book. Or any any um, fiction or nonfiction book that you would recommend to listeners? That I would recommend to listeners. God, I can't even remember the last book that I read. I'm always reading about Alto these days. Uh, I, I will tell you a book that I'm reading right now, and I'm not going to say it's the the you know like the the best book ever because um, I'm not reading it for that. Although John Meacham, who is the author is an incredible writer an incredible author. And he's, uh, uh, who knows how many, um, uh, writing awards he's won, but he wrote a book about John Lewis who passed away not too long ago. John Lewis, who is, uh, African-American, um, congressman, uh, in, in the U S who, um, uh, famous initially for his, 
um, march uh, across the bridge in Alabama and um, actually went to went to college, went to school in Nashville, Tennessee to become a preacher. And um, I mean, he was just an incredible man. And there's something and I don't know whether he's the originator of the idea. I suspect not. But it's something that that resonates for me, which is that the arc of history bends toward justice. Which is a very long game <laughs> and and requires one to a exercise patience and b withstand a lot of injustice and um, I'm generally speaking not a very patient person uh, so I, I I'm just trying to keep that in mind these days uh, because history is long right uh, but justice is worth waiting for too. So yeah. I don't know. That's it. That that's, that's the book that I'm just reading right now. Got it. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. And, uh, you know, uh, if you could go back in time when you started on, uh, alto IRA, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? I don't think, um, there's nothing about alto I would have done differently. Quite frankly, it's, it's, it's all part of the process. Yeah, I, there, there are other things. So there are, there are other businesses where I can look back and I say, ooh, I would not have made that decision. Right now with Alto, nothing I would do differently. Got it. And do you have any favorite online tools, example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom, but anything different from Alto IRA, which is your favorite online tool? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they, in, in certain respects, they drive me crazy because we use them all. Right. right. And and we use them for, for different reasons. So, you know, I use email to, to communicate um, uh, a certain level of information. I, I, I slack with the team constantly, uh, whether it's business related or if it's actually more human interest and personality, you know, in the age of uh, in the age of COVID and when you're growing your team from 16 to to 60, um, how do you build culture? How do you maintain culture? How do you uh, impart culture? Well, we do a lot of it through Slack. Um, but then we also utilize Zoom. You know, we, right. we still have, uh, you know, uh, a happy hour every Friday afternoon, which I'm going to beg off for um, from, from you in just a minute uh, that we'd like to participate in. And then every Wednesday and Friday, uh, I let our team know, especially since we've grown from 16 to 60, whatever, and and we're not in an office together. For every Wednesday and Friday, if I have an open space on my calendar, I ask the team, you know, folks I haven't met, especially, to book some time with me so that I can get to know them. They get to ask me questions. I get to ask them questions. I get to figure out what's attractive uh, about Alto to them, why they join us, what's their background. Uh, and they get to ask me similar questions. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the, the other thing is we, we, break up our, we break up our Slack channels, as I'm sure lots of companies do, into lots of different uh, categories. Um, and, you know, it, it could be dad jokes uh, and, and, 
we tell bad dad jokes or I guess that may be redundant, right? Bad dad jokes, dad <laughs> jokes are by definition bad. But um, so, you know, we may do that. And um, we have a team member who uh, every single morning, Monday through Friday, sort of quote unquote, wakes the rest of the team up uh, with an awesome gif of, you know, uh, wh- whether it's uh, a camel on hump day on Wednesdays or so, you know, something like that. But every Monday through Friday, uh, very early in the morning, uh, Phil now has taken over the responsibility since January 1. Phil posts a, a GIF basically saying, good morning, Alto, right? And, and uh, people respond. Um, and I think that's just, uh, I like to think that's a special part of uh, who we are and, and our culture. And, you know, come January 1, 2022, Phil will pass the baton to whoever's next to, to own the good morning Alto, uh, you know, process. And so, yeah, you know, and then, then also, of course, I text all the time and, um, honestly, I can never remember anymore. Did I get hit up on email, Slack, text, WhatsApp, like where, where I know I saw this message. Where is it? So anyway, I, I use them all. Yeah, no, I think uh, all of them are important communication channels and uh, I think Slack and Zoom are some of the channels which I also use a lot. Uh, Fanny, Eric, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about uh, Alto IRA? Uh, so my, um, my email is ericsats at altoira.com. Um, if you actually have a, have a, a detailed question about something, I'd encourage you to reach out to help at altoira.com. The team at this point, the team knows better than I do in terms of uh, the, the specifics. Um, if you're looking to create a crypto IRA account and you want to trade uh, crypto assets, you know, we completely eliminate the tax headache that otherwise comes with trading crypto these days. And so, uh, it, you know, it's certainly the most tax efficient way to do it. Um, and it's also super easy and cost effective. So, you know, we want all the crypto IRA investors we can get. Got it. Uh, we'll, we'll put that in our show notes. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for taking your time and speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Rohit, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it too. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.